When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. This new contract here at Arsenal, but what made you so sure that this was the best place and this was the right decision for you? It's Arsenal, you know. Come on, it's Arsenal. Welcome back to. Do you want me to rap anyone? Lift a mood a bit. No, we don't. An Arsenal podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. No George today, unfortunately. Uh, he may be joining us later. Voo, voo, voo. The sound you're hearing is everybody turning the podcast off. <laughs> um. Uh, he may be joining us later. He's at a conference. Um, hopefully, because he saves lives. You know, if you didn't so know, he's saving God. children's lives as always. Did, so. do you, wait, did, did you know he's got a UA for B? Right, I don't think we've mentioned. I'm not sure we have mentioned. The that man the is a doctor and has a UA for coaching license. Take a look at yourself in the mirror, folks. <laughs> be better. <laughs> so yes, unfortunately, you'll not be hearing his lovely Canadian tones today. But we are here um, to preface this whole thing. If you're here for a a slander session. Um, it's not happening. It's not happening. I've Maybe seen... a little bit of slander for, for certain things, but not, well, there's, there's not cri- a big fat. I've, I've seen people say like Mikel out. I've seen Mikel out. I've seen Erdegaard out. I've seen, I've seen drop Saka, which by the way, you know, I'm up for conversations about moving things around and all sorts of stuff, but there is, there's been some wild, wild takes. Um, so yes, welcome back to the different knock and Arsenal podcast. I hope you're doing all right. Uh, what are we now? We're on to Friday. We're two days out from the game. Um, there's a lot to get through. There's a lot to get through. I want to start Brad with this. I think there's a number of things that we can talk about in terms of the setup. I think there's a number of things that Mikel has to take responsibility for. I think there's a number of mistakes made on the night. But really, for me, the headline of all this is the difference between the two teams is one word. And it's my word of the game. Quality. That is it. You can put, you can argue about adaptations. You can argue about whether holding should have started or not. You can argue, you can argue to you blue in the face about this, that, and the other. The difference between the two teams on the night, we made it hard for them to play through us. They made it very hard to play through them. They changed their setup. We, we didn't adapt our setup. There's things that we should definitely come to. But realistically, as we always talk about, the margins in this football game were Kevin De Bruyne's right foot. Kevin De Bruyne's shot, which, okay, perhaps you could argue Ramsdale could save. I don't agree. I think it's an unbelievable shot and I don't think he's expecting it. That's quality. He, he's, he's at the peak of his powers. It's then an unbelievable delivery to the back post for John Stones. Quality. It's Phil Foden's touch uh, to, to set up Haaland and it's uh, De Bruyne again for the third goal, punishing us immediately. So as much as there was a massive golf in class in, in many different aspects, the thing that makes the difference in these games is quality. And that's why I think I'm upset by it. I'm I'm frustrated by it. There's things that, as I say, I want to get to that we could have that we could have done different. But realistically, and, and I think this is probably the best place to start it, because really you know, some some games I think are very much defined by the tactics of the game, and some games I think are very much defined by where two teams and clubs are at. And City are just ahead of us. They have a 31-year-old or whatever it is, peak of his powers, Kevin De Bruyne, who can go ahead and do that. They they can bring on Riyad Mahrez. You know, the commentator at one point said something on the lines of like, you know, semi-final hat-trick hero from the FA Cup from the weekend. Riyad Mahrez is coming on. We don't have that. We have, you know, Reese Nelson on the bench and Reese Nelson's a fine player, but he's not that level. So for me, the big, big difference is quality. And we know, we know that. And that's why, uh, and we will come to discuss this as well, the most important thing to do is add quality in the summer and go again. This is a huge, it's a huge experience. It's a huge learning curve. We should discuss those things and we will. And we should as a fan base. But that's the difference for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that it's 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 very clear to see that... Um, the qualities of players and the quality of moments shone through. You know, uh, we've seen from 
so many things about Rob Holding and his qualities or his lack of qualities playing in a certain system has massive detrimental effects. Uh, my word of the game is bravery. It's something that we lacked. And this is this is kind of a bit more grand across the last four games. I feel we haven't been brave enough and that's why this is disappointing. I will take defeat at Man City in stride if we are doing everything that we can and trying things to put our best foot forward. And I think that since that Liverpool result, we have not been doing so. Uh, that's on some of the players, for sure. They haven't been performing up to the level. But also, that's on the manager. Uh, the game, the, the title wasn't lost tonight. Both Arsenal and City have lost four games this season. It's just two of our losses have come to City in those six pointers, which is a massive factor to play as well. And we've drawn a hell of a lot of games. And I think that we lost the title against West Ham and against Southampton, two teams struggling for form and in the relegation battle this season by not um, by not being brave and trying to change things. You had a manager on, on City side who changed his setup, tinkered with, with his way of playing to counteract what Arsenal were doing. And you had a manager on our side who stuck bullishly to the thing that he said got us there when one of the vital cogs has been nowhere near what got us there. And I think that is is really kind of the story of it for me is, is that uh, we... I mean, there are some ridiculous shouts going on, but there was a there was a way to at least. I don't think we lose four one. I I think we still lose four one. There's still a chance of that if we play Kivior at right centre back. That that's still possible. There's a possibility that that happens, but there's also a possibility that with a more athletic defender, we can sit with two centre backs. We and win three in that midsection with White. And with Zinchenko pushing up next to Partey, we have more stability and more structure. We can control the ball better in the middle of the park and we can attack those five lanes better. I do not think that it was the right move in any way to... And this is the only slander, and it's not even slanderous. It's just a proportion of blame. It was not the right way to approach this game. It was not the right way to approach Southampton. Uh, and that unfortunately lies on Mikel Arteta. And listen, I think a team with Rob Holding in with the with the starters that we had around him should be good enough to beat bottom of the league Southampton because I, I, I Rob Holding is not good enough to play the style of football that we want to play, but he's good enough to play for kind of 14th to 20th in the league. Like he's good enough in a system for that level. So we should be able to beat that level with him in the team. But the differences have become in the fact that we haven't changed anything. We haven't tinkered with anything. And it's it's the definition of insanity to continue to do the same thing and expect different outcomes. We've been doing this for four games now and we're surprised when these things aren't working. And so that's why I think Mikel has to hold his hands up um, and accept fault. And you, like you said, this must be used as a learning curve. I do not want to see... And we've seen it so many times, bullish rigidity to system and structure and types of personnel if those personnel aren't available and we need to try something new. Um, yeah, uh, that's where the disappointment comes. Not with the defeat. They're Man City. They could fuck anyone 5-0. They're, they, they're literally the best. They've broken 115 FFP rules. Like... They are gargantuanly good because they've been able to spend so much money, illegal amounts of money, right? Allegedly. If, allegedly. If you, aren't, if you can't compete on that front, you have to get creative. And we didn't get creative. And for me, that's where we fell down. And we can talk about the game as it played out. But the game is so different if we have a, a Saliba alternate in there rather than Rob Holding sat kind of right the way back on Ramsdale's hairline. Yeah, bravery is a good a good word because I think it's an important one. Um, I th I think uh, <laughs> I think I've got some bad news. I don't think Mikel's the kind of guy who's going to adapt. 
I think that it as we're learning this as we're learning this coach and as we're learning this coaching setup and 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 the backroom staff, I think what we're seeing realistically is actually there's a conservatism to Mikel in these situations. He he goes for the experience in these situations. He often goes for the granite jacket left back rather than dropping in a Lino Sousa, you know, like for, for an example. He goes for signing a Jorginho rather than, you know, going out for, a, you know, someone else. Or, you it, know, was he, that Ibrahim, it was that guy um, from like... Kone or something, something. whatever it was, yeah. whatever it was, you know. So I think most of the time down the road, when we're looking at crunched, crunch moments, because actually the long-term strategy, of course, he's, he's, he's developed and he's trusted young players, but I'm talking about the crunch moments. He relies on experience. He will always, he'll stick Lacazette in there. You know, you go back and you go through and he'll, when we're looking for innovation, Mikel often reverts to experience. Mikel often reverts to quite type and quite conservative um, things. Now, as we've moved along, we've had better and better. Um, that's probably the right Pers- thing to do, but we've had the right, the be- better personnel. We've had better tools yeah. to be able to, to do that. And two, three years down the line, we might re- revert to experience last night and have a peak Martin Erdegaard. Do you know what I mean? At that point. And, th- and therefore the tool that you're using is a different thing. But unfortunately the, the tools that we have that are experienced are the likes of Rob Holding, are the likes of Granite Xhaka, which, you know, are great guys and, and have their qualities, but are not, are not perfect. And I think we're learning that this coach is, is like that. And that's why I think it's so important to continue this, this rebuild and, and, and finish it off as we've, you know, as we've, as we've been talking about, and it's why it's so important to me, you know, you can get hung up on names, but I want to see, I want to see the transfer record broken this summer. I want to see us go out and I want yeah, to see it us. It needs to be. Yeah. And I, and I want to see us, you know, whether it's, you know, people say Rice or Caicedo, Rice and Caicedo. Both. You know, both. it's, it's. We need both. Yeah. So I, I I think it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm always keen not to just view everything, but every fix is in the market. But I, I also feel. The problem is, though, is it is because yeah. he's not the kind of guy to experiment. Mikel That's the yeah, problem that yeah. you have. If you're only ever going to set up in one way, you need to buy 22 players and three extras that can play that way perfectly. Exactly. That's that's the only way that that kind of idea works. Is It's like a watch. If you want a watch to work in a certain way where as you walk, the watch winds itself, you're mm. going to have to buy the exact pieces needed to create that mechanism. Yeah. Like, and that's just what we need to do. We need to double the pieces to, to create the mechanisms every single time. Yeah. To use an analogy, Mikhail's a chef and he's trying to create an unbelievable meal. And he only wants to create a unbelievable chicken Caesar salad. He will not adapt. He will not change it. And if he doesn't have the right salad, he'll put in the salad from last week that isn't as fresh, but he is making a chicken Caesar salad. He doesn't, he's not, he's not changing because yep. that is the recipe that he knows. That is the recipe that he thinks will work. And as we've seen, as it's getting better, as we've got the right croutons, as we've got the right, you know, flame torch, as we've got the right sous chef in, right. all, all that sort of bacon stuff. Bacon bits. The right bacon bits. It's started to come together. But yeah. unfortunately, we're dealing with people who have, have already have the, the, the chicken Caesar salad and are adding on garnishes and adding on, you know, wine pairings and adding, you know, we, we, so... I don't. I think until we have every single ingredient that we need, we are going to have to accept that we we aren't there, and that's why you know, as I say, I don't want to look at every every solution to be in the market. But I do think in this case, when we're in the question of in the question of how do we beat Liverpool, that's on the field. In the question of how do we oh, beat, yeah. how do we beat City, that question's off the field. It's a completely different yeah. question. So, yeah, look, it's it's obviously disappointing. I am. I was really disappointed last night, but I think the more I thought about it, the more I was like, "Well, what were we expecting? <laughs> like, they are unbelievable." And if, and as you say, and and you're and you're right to point it out, he if he he, he to, to beat that kind of level, you have to get creative. And Mikel's not going to do that. He's just not going to do that. So we have to better our ingredients. Let's talk about the game more specifically, because as much as that is all true, I do feel that there are things that we could have done. And and firstly, I want to talk about the spaces in front of the, the centre-backs. When you don't have White and Zinchenko in the positions that we possibly like them to, 
in alongside Partey when it's clear they're trying to exploit the spaces. Uh, I think there was even some comments from De Bruyne and and Bernardo, which again is amazing because they're they're all so tactically switched on. You you never hear this from other players, but Pep's players and Arteta's players tend to um, tend to talk about these types of things. And they said, you know, basically what we were doing was we were hoping that Partey would would step forward, would press, and then we'd exploit the space in behind. They changed their setup, but the the switch to the whatever you want to call it four two four two four whatever you know four four one five whatever you know uh, whatever you wanted to call it massively worked for them um and i imagine we spent a lot of time looking at their three two five looking at how we stopped them doing that build up and they managed to exploit that space in behind us in front of our center back so well and once you and and you know realistically that's probably what i would have done as well if i was pep i would you know i would i would have said look I'd have watched that goal that Alcaraz scored for Southampton the uh, the other week, last week. <laughs> Feels like ten years ago, and and gone. Well, that's that's the space, you know, because they don't have a defender who can who can step up and, and engage you early. So once you get that space, once you're running at them, that's where they're vulnerable. My that's the issue. My issue was then with Mikel. <laughs> With once you can see that that is the that is the spaces they're trying to exploit. Once you can see that once De Bruyne and Haaland are connecting up, you're done. Why are we not? One of many things: dropping Xhaka back, bringing on Jorginho, asking Zinchenko to change his position, asking Erdegaard to drop back. Whatever it was, I think that's my big frustration: is that there were things that you know all the things that we've said in the preamble absolutely stand. But my frustration is that even in the moment, as we can see, well, we can compete right now if we change that. And it just seems that in, and as you point out as well, in the last number of matches as well, there's just been no, no adaptation. Not even, and I understand the holding thing because he doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to bring in a Kivior and change the build-up shape. He doesn't want to go to a 4-2-4. He doesn't, he doesn't want, I get, like, I get that. I'm not suggesting to do that. And, you know, all those creative things that Arsenal fans were doing on the, on the timeline were great. He's not going to do that. Fine. Okay, we, your principles have got us to where we are, so fine. But can't you see that on the grass right now, forget Caicedo, forget Rice in the summer, there are some spaces being exploited. Why can't we fix that in match? And is it like, and as much as I, I, I trust that his principles are going to take us to the top, I, do, I believe we're going to be challenging for the title again next year because, it, because of how good our football is. It does worry me but it feels like Pep can adapt a bit and it feels like Mikel has not found that. Is it just a case of developing as a manager or, you know, I don't know. Listen, I don't know if it's a case of developing as a manager or if it's a case of... There was a, there's a really specific game people cite um, and that was when he dropped Jacka, Jacka to left back and played Lekonga in the midfield. And I think we lost to Brighton and since then we've, we've kind of seen no experimentation in any way. Um, yeah, it's something, no matter, and he, but here's, here's the worry for me, right? It's the one worry I have about Arteta. No matter how good your system is, no matter how good the players are that you have playing your system, it is not going to go perfectly to plan 38 games of a season. Agree. Opposition will have setups and will have, and funnily enough, will have their own tactics to nullify you and to work against you. And if you are not good enough and quick enough to adjust and to change things and flexible just enough to make those adjustments, you will consistently be finding yourself between second and fourth because you'll be good enough to be up there and really, really go for it. But in crunch moments, you will drop points and teams who are flexible enough and find solutions enough will 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 do better than you across the course of a season. Um, yeah. And then the fact that we, I mean, I don't even think it's a question of changing the build-up shape. You cannot play the same build-up shape with Rob Holding because, you know, you watch back the first goal, especially the, the De Bruyne one, if any any non-athletically and hair follically challenged centre-back is actually playing this game rather than Rob Holding, right? 
they are athletic enough so that when De Bruyne crosses, they're actually back in position and ready because he is just so lethargic and slow. He is not in the right space to cut off that point for De Bruyne. It's an athleticism issue and you know that that exists. So why aren't you changing the distances between the lines? We aren't going to beat City playing the way that we have played with the same lines with holding. But this he is... takes too long on the ball and doesn't break the lines. So I'm fine with you playing holding, but you have to play a different way. And this is the problem. He won't. Um, I, I, I couldn't agree is, more. Yeah. But, but this is the thing is that I just don't think he'll ever change. I think what he'll do is upgrade the personnel. And and that's, you know, it's a good thing. But I, but I also, I take your point on the first thing is that is you know that is slightly concerning that it's not going to go to plan 38 games of a season or you know 50 games yeah. of a season in, in Europe so there's got to be some kind of plan b and, I, and I'm trying to I'm trying to think through you know and it could come in personnel we, you never know what, what, what we plan for the summer it could be a more sort of targety man type thing it could be a different um a different type of fullback I you know I don't know but there there does seem to be that does seem to be a sticking point in Mikel's management where there just is is no adaptation. And as I say, I think it might move forward. And perhaps once he has the tools to adapt to a level, to the same level, maybe, maybe he will change. I don't know. You know, it, it, we're sat here without all the information. But it's certainly something to to keep an eye on. Let's have a look at the the goals then. Because, you know, realistically, I'm watching the first, first one back here. Holding goes to engage early uh, with Haaland in the midfield. If you don't win that battle, you could argue Gabriel and, and White should do better. But if you, you have to win it, or at least put them off or delay, it's something Saliba is so good at. Even if he doesn't win the battle, he can delay you because he's got that athleticism. And that's the thing. Once you, uh, I don't know if you can watch it yourself, but once, once he loses that, De Bruyne is just away and holding does not have the pace. Partey, again, question marks over his performance. Un- yeah. what, what, what's going on with him? Whether Maybe we could discuss that a little bit later. But, you know, we don't have the athleticism to keep up with someone on the ball, which is a concern. And, and you know, Gabriel just... just yeah. Ultimately, also, as I said at the beginning, there is a quality level where De Bruyne just has this little touch that sells Gabriel and then manages to get out of his feet unbelievably. And it's such an early shot. Is Ramsdale a little bit... Could he, could he do better? May, all of these things are maybe, 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 maybe. But I can't help but feel that that is an unbelievable strike from De Bruyne. Oh, it's a great strike. Like, of course he could do better. But you're talking about a keeper doing incrementally better. You're talking about Gabriel doing incrementally better. The problem with that is Rob Holding just needs to actually do his fucking job. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the if you watch that 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 as Mikel would say the duel, it's it's pithy. It's it's a pathetic yeah. attempt to challenge and win the ball. And there is honestly, and I don't want to go in on Rob Holding. I mean, he has come up big in certain moments last season in, and in certain moments this season. But if you are going to challenge up that high in on Harland, actually challenge. Because he basically, I mean, he wrestles him a little bit and then lets go of him after after he turns. Mm. Like there's yep. no there's the no fi- challenge. Yeah, I I just I just feel with holding at this point, he's he's and this is why it's a it's a personnel issue because he's got PTSD from that Son situation. He doesn't want to engage early, and it's not his game. You know, it's it's just not his game playing in those zones. He's not a he's not a, a center circle center back. He's just not. It's not not his game. He can't do it. So, so then and then there's a there's a chance just after I'm on the Sky highlights. If you're having a watch, there's a chance just yeah. after with um with Harlan where he just lets him run. I mean Harlan picks up the ball just in front of the uh, the yeah. center circle runs basically all the way through gets to almost to the edge of our six yard box and holding just hasn't made a challenge. And look the the thing is is there's a there's a obviously a, a defensive concept. delaying but to delay that means you have to actually delay the person (laughs) so i understand that the thing of you don't always have to engage it's just about letting defenders get back and get back into your your shape but if you're allowing someone in the same way they did with michael antonio to come that far 
you know that should have been a goal really but um Ramsdale does pretty well and then and then Ben White who I thought was extraordinary again on the night um uh gets it away but you, you know it's just it's in these games you can't have a passenger you just yeah. can't you simply can't and it's the knock on effect that we've spoken about so many times and then of course it's the unfatefully uh, offside uh, slash onside goal from Stones and it's you know realistically it's an unbelievable pick out from Kevin De Bruyne I mean it's an almost undefendable ball I don't I don't I don't understand how how unless the keeper comes out but again it's too far for the keeper to come in my opinion it's undefendable it's 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 like it's inch perfect I also think that if if why listen I'm not in fucking Stockley Park. I'm not doing the angles and the lines and the geometry and all that shit. If White's playing him onside, he's also pushed into the position that he's played him onside. So I think that there's a conversation that that goal shouldn't have stood on on two standpoints. Um, I, I kind of, from some of the, especially from some of the photos and angles, it looks very clear that when the ball is kicked, he is offside. Um, but even if you take it from the one where it sh- that they've decided he's onside, White is being has been pushed, shoved into that position. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that the team probably did defend it as as well as they could, and certain calls were given that meant that it unfortunately didn't fall that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, third goal again. Holding doesn't engage, and I, I just think Saliba. You know, his body position's too flat on for me. Saliba either engages or you know or, or gets the ball out from under De Bruyne's feet, and and this is the thing you know against when you're giving up this many chances that the lack of individual quality will in, in the end show. We get the goal goal back through holding, of course. <laughs> Honestly, that fucking like, wink, I, the wink, and and, and, and laughing and joking it. with holding. No, no, no. Genuinely, for, I I never I, listen. I I. I think Rob Holding is probably a very nice guy. Um, from a professional standpoint and from what the 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 bog standard fundamentals I want this team to have and this team to be, and the brutality and the ruthlessness, Rob Holding shouldn't put on an Arsenal shirt again. Like, that's embarrassing. I don't give a shit you've scored. You have just dropped one of the stinkiest performances I've seen you're at fault for probably three out of four goals. You've scored. Okay. You're 3-1 down. Why are you winking? Why are you laughing and joking with Haaland? This is like the moment between Ben White and Foden is what I want. Like you want passion, you want fire, and you want people who give a shit. Winking when you're 3-1 down, it just shows you don't really give a shit because... You're not switched on the, like enough. You care more about the fact that you've scored a single goal rather than the embarrassment that this team is. Yeah, well, I guess when you feel under the cosh individually, it's probably a, 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 a feeling of redemption, isn't it? Which I, I understand. I understand. And then he but... fucks it for their fourth goal. Yeah. So he does. He, he fucking lives it large, plays it large with his cheeky little wink and whatever, and then basically gives him the fourth goal by not engaging Foden. Um. Yeah, I, I, I hope <laughs> having <laughs> having said all that, I hope that now we're over this this bump, um, we can see something different from next week. Yeah, um, I'm I'm hoping we see a Kivio. I I I just have a feeling that Saliba's season's done. I feel like we might get a confirmation of that pretty soon. Um, obviously, it was a feared certainly, especially because like now, I mean, it seems pointless to risk bringing Saliba back made sense to maybe risk it for this game if it wasn't going to exacerbate things too much. But now, you know, they're two points off and two games in hand. It doesn't feel, it feels a bit pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know whether it's a, I, I, I just think, you know, if you're Mikel, we're now in a different... You've got to look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, he, I think he said we've got to, do, look, got to look in the mirror about four times in the last press conference. You need to change your mirror, mate. Um, but... Uh, yeah, uh, I I hope we see something different, but as as we as we've established, I I <laughs> I don't think we will. What I will say, um, it's not over. You know, City have a lot of football to yeah. play. It's not. Listen, we're still top of the league. Things have happened, but <laughs> the problem is, is like 
weirder things have happened, but unless we change something, I can still see us having these problems against Chelsea next week, against Brighton, against all of these teams. The problem is, is we now have to change. And we should have changed for West Ham and we should have changed for Southampton, even if that means conceding defeat to City. We should have changed something so that we can we can go on and do more in this game. Now the Chelsea game becomes an experiment when we don't need it to be. It didn't need to be. You know, we should have experimented in game in two games against two relegation, you know, f- fraught teams. Yeah, no, and I, I I couldn't agree more. And 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 that's the kind of the price you pay for not for not making those adaptations back at you know back at back at West Ham or whatever it was. And and you know, seeing us at two 0 up and and going right, well, this is the this is the moment where we say, can we can we play differently? Can we can we experiment and it's the price you pay for 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 making the mistakes. Um, realistically, what needs to be done in the market to to address this? Um, in my opinion, I think we need minimum four signings. Um, I'd take more. But I want to go for four, I want to go for at least three of those to be high high quality options, if not all four. I think we need two midfielders. Um, I mean, I th- I think they should be Rice and Caicedo. I think they're they're phenomenal players who would be brilliant in this system and team. Um, I'd ex- I, if I had to prioritize if say for example the coffers aren't that large and I had to prioritize one, I would prioritize Rice. But we'll see. Uh, I think we need. Um, right back slash right centre back cover, whether that's Fresneda or someone, I don't care. That option just has to be there and has to be quality. And then I think we need a forward. Um, uh, Something that is, you know, I don't want to be looking at our bench needing another forward option. And as as good as Reese Nelson has been in spits and spats, there are players out there who we could bring in, especially through the middle when Jesus isn't putting away chances that can offer us a different dynamic and a way to attack differently. That's the problem. All of the forwards that we have, we we attack in the same way and we have the same delivery systems of scoring. I need somebody who's actually able to win some knockdowns and actually able to win some headers in the box. Um and then if you know if we're talking dreamland scenario i'd take i'd take another fifth option anywhere in the park but for me i think we need four high high quality options um i mean the the, the defender is less so but but you know we definitely need one because we can't i rob holding is a no no and you know christ almighty hopefully we finally get rid of cedric <laughs> Never know. Tell you what, let's let's have a look at that news and views because I think uh, that's something we can we can properly have a look at. Um, is there anything else on the game? Because as much as, I, I thought their adaptation, I mean, the way they played through the press was I've never seen the team. The passing, I've never is seen a team like just it. it's extraordinary um, how they set up how. They're th- one, two moves ahead of you. They know where the next ball's going. Rodri, oh my God. Mick- Manuel Akanji last night was unbelievable. But this is the thing that, you know, they can, this is why, I can, and, I, and I hopefully, I think it's lazy analysis to constantly go to the market, right? Because it's an easy fix and it's an easy thing to talk about. But this game just makes me think of the market. They, they, they lose Ake, they can bring in Manuel Akanji. We lose Zinchenko, we have to go a completely different style. It, let alone, you know, having a different player. But it's not to say Kiarantini isn't isn't a good player. It's just to say that it's a completely it's a complete departure from our most progressive player in that in that position. So, you know, I thought I just thought they were extraordinary. And realistically, you know, once that second goal, I, th- I think I think I was feeling if we got to halftime one nil down, we could try something different. Maybe Mikel will make some changes. But once once that second goal went in, I honestly I was already thinking about Chelsea. I was already thinking about the end of the season. I was already thinking this over, and then the rest of the match I just sort of I, the the second half, the first like ten minutes of it, I ordered something off Deliveroo and like went to the door. Didn't take my didn't take my laptop with me. Didn't watch it. I heard the commentary because I was just like, what I know what's happening. What is happening is 
Man City are moving the ball about, we might have a little period of possession where we look like we might be able to get something done, but they're just going to shut us down. But ultimately, as I keep coming back to, it's quality. It's quality, and that's the quality we need. So look, let's go to news and views. We've got some questions, and then we'll uh, see, how, see how we can <laughs> fix this mess. We'll see you after this. Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Thank you to those of you who are in the Different Knock Members Club. Join at patreon.com forward slash tip and get access to ad-free versions of all of our content, including main and bonus podcasts, instant reactions, the rewatch, and bonus video content. For just £3 a month of one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash tip you can... Buy me a coffee. The links are in the show description. We've had a question, Bradley. From uh, Ben Golden. What were your coping strategies after that loss last night? Or any normal loss for that matter, if you don't mind sharing? Personally, I have to find a quiet space and read for a few hours. Uh, If it's a particular... If it's something that's pissed me off, a la West Ham, Southampton... um, I will take myself on a walk um, and try and use the fresh air of nature to soothe my undying rage. Um, if it's if it's last night, I, I genuinely... It's going to sound really, really weird. I wasn't actually that disappointed. I wasn't either. Like, I just kind of... I was like, ah, do you know what I mean? It's City. They're good. And also, the wonderful thing about City is you can beat them with the stick of, yeah, but... You kind of did it all illegally, didn't you? So, <laughs> takes a shine <laughs> Allegedly. Bit, allegedly, thanks. Um, allegedly. Yeah, I... I uh, for, for me personally, yeah, I think last night, especially because also like, what... Can you look up while I'm rambling on? Can you look up other teams' results that the Etihad? As in like, your, Matt, your United, your Liverpools? Because I'm pretty sure we're not the only team to get pumped by them at the Etihad. Because I'm pretty. It, it, did United lose six three? I'm pretty sure Liverpool lost four yeah. one. I'm pretty sure. Do you know what I mean? So like, as much as it's frustrating, and disappointing. I think by as I say by the by the end of the second half, I was already moved on. I was I, I was I think I was so nervous for it to go wrong, and it went wrong so quick quickly that it kind of moved on. To be honest, uh, Ben, I, I, I yeah, don't. Oh my God. I don't really have. I don't. I, I. I'm. I'm usually pretty alright at, at letting, letting it cool off. Do you know what I tend to do? I get. I tend to get angry at other things. I'll be like, it's that door knocker. That door knocker's the problem. When realistically, I'm probably just angry at the football. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really have many. Uh, sort of. All right. Go on. Th- they beat Bayern Munich three nil. They beat Liverpool four one. They beat Leipzig seven nil. Yeah, Tottenham fucking. Uh, oh no, that was that was at Tottenham. Um, Tottenham they lost. T- Tottenham they beat four two. The United, the United one. Chelsea. Uh, where is United? What was, oh, United was six three. Yeah. What was the Chelsea score? Chelsea, Chelsea. Uh, they they, they played. Have you played? Have they played there yet? They might not have played there yet. Actually, uh, they have in the cup. Oh, and they beat them four nil or something, didn't they? Yeah, something like that. Do you know that. what I mean? So, like, I look, <laughs> I look through everyone all of... Everyone gets bad at the Etihad. It's everyone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I'm just, as, as as frustrated as I was, I was also just like, well, I, as I say, what were we expecting? We were so, you know, the, if we just look at their results at home this season, as much, because the, the problem is have been their away form. It's never been their home form. That's never been the problem. There's no pressure at their home form, though. 6-0. Ground's empty. Against Forest. 4-2 against Palace. 4-0 against Bournemouth. That's all in one month. Uh, October. 
3-1 against Brighton, 4-0 against Southampton, 5-0 against Copenhagen, 6-3 against United. They score for fun. They score for absolute fun at the Etihad. 3-1 against Sevilla at home. Um, you know, they're 4-2, yeah, 4-2 against... Uh, oh, no, they, yeah, they played them in the cup. Yeah, it was 4-0 Chelsea. So I just, you know, I, ju- I just think it's not new, this idea that, you know, once once they get an upper hand on you, they just crush you. They've just got this ability and, and this is why it's a, a thing. I'm trying to think of a, if, if I've ever needed to go on a walk. Do you know what? Once I did, I did clean the whole house. Do you remember when we went out of that? Uh, I think it was the FA Cup to South. I think it was to Southampton in like the twenty one twenty two season, or maybe the twenty twenty one season. Uh, yeah. It was a one nil yes. at St maybe. Mary's. We had Enketia yeah. on, and I remember I watched that on yes. my. I had like a projector at the time on my bedroom wall, and I watched that, and then I just literally put my he- headphones on and just didn't speak to anyone for like. I think a, a strong six hours. My girlfriend, like at one point, like took my AirPods out. I was like, "You're right." I was like, "Yeah, fine. I'm fine." No, mine was. Um, mine is the the uh, either the Aston Villa. Oh, that three 0 fucking hell! What was or, the what, what was the podcast where we had like an argument? After we had like, we had definitely had an argument on one of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Was it that? Was it Villa? Uh, God, it might have been Villa. It might have been Villa or. Or it was Everton. That 1-0 against Everton honestly oh my God, spun yeah. my head more than has ever existed. That Leno own goal. I remember that. You wanted it on Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. I, and there, there's, there's been a couple of times <laughs> that I've wanted Arteta gone. None more fervent than that moment. Yeah, you were. That your goal. Head was, <laughs> <sighs> your head was on Jupiter, mate. Um, oh mate, I had to I had to be taken out of my flat. Like I had to be I had to be walked like a fucking dog because I was so infuriated and so like agitated that I couldn't relax. <laughs> yeah, you were on you were on I remember that, you're on Jupiter. Honestly, original original knockers. I'm calling them that now. I asked uh, the people on Patreon whether whether I could call them knockers and a few of them said yes, so I'm gonna call you knockers. If you're an original knocker You'll remember. Oh, you know some some of the shit. Some that, of the early pods with me and Brad yeah. were. I was. It was just Spicy. It was just me calming Brad. <laughs> okay, let's get. We text about it. No, no, no. We text about it as well all the time. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I remember being sat on a bus, like arguing with you yeah, over yeah, text, yeah, yeah. over oh, like yeah. fucking some stupid shit. I like, think it was the. Was it the United game? The three. The, yeah. Were they at, the, at Old Trafford last season? Yeah, we had a spicy debate, didn't we? Um, okay, let, uh, let's go through it uh, from what we need to do. I mean, we'll probably do, we'll probably cover this in, in ex- extensive detail. But but from from the situation that we're in right now, the goalkeeping group, I think, is kind of fine. Um, if you look at all of Ramsdale's underlying numbers, he's on course. He's absolutely fine. He is heading in the right direction. He's such a young goalkeeper. He's twenty four. The younger goal, the only younger goalkeepers than him in the league are Bazunu and Melier, both of whom are underperforming him by absolute miles. And I appreciate that um, they're in worse teams, so they're facing more. But the post-shot XG, which is a pretty decent leveler, Ramsdale's ahead of them, and he's one of the best under twenty-five keepers in the world. So I have no problem about Ramsdale. He and also there was a video going around from this guy who I won't mention, but just comes after all of our players as a kind of project, just to project his anger onto them. And I, and I, I think it's a really I don't want to tell people how to be a fan, but it's it is embarrassing. It's like, come on, there's there's criticism, there's critique, uh, and then there's just abuse. And um, yeah, anyway, you know, he did he basically put this video out of Ramsdale saying, you know, we need to get rid of him. All of which, all of the all of the clips were basically from last year, and that tells me actually that Ramsdale's improved a lot, and I think he has improved a lot. And there's been, and as we know, I couldn't tell you, I could tell you maybe one or two clutch moments from. 21 22 season i could tell you like five or six clutch moments from from this season where yeah. ramsdale's just come up trumps and he's only he getting literally better. saved like two certain goals yesterday yeah yeah i think once Why he starts saving pens him? once he's number one for england it would just be undoubtable so i think the goalkeeper group is fine the defensive group i was saying this to a friend earlier the right side of our defense i think we need to replace the holding 
slots basically with someone yeah. who can cover and that's it i think a lot of what's happened is because because of the tomiyasu and the saliba thing happening at the same time people go oh we need a complete re mm. we've actually got we've got white saliba tomiyasu can cover both positions and if we get one more we can cover both positions that is a lot of cover and tomiyasu can cover the other yeah. side so i think in terms of a let's think about it in terms of groups just for the sake of this i think we have we have tomiyasu White, Saliba, Zinchenko, Kivior. I think we need two more. One of whom is stylistically similar to Zinchenko. And one of whom can cover right centre-back and right back. And I think... You missed off Gabriel. And Gabriel, but... sorry. Sorry, so no, actually... Yeah. I'm maybe, oh no, okay, yeah. Okay, so the, how many is that? So that's Tomiyasu, White... That, that, that would be eight. Tomiyasu, White, Saliba, Gabriel. Yeah, sorry. Um... Kivior, Zinchenko, and then two more. Yeah, I, I am pers- I, 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 I would rather sp- keep Tierney for another season and spend bigger in certain places. Yeah, if, it, but, if it's a straight choice, yes, agree. But I, ideally, oh, in a, in an ideal world, with the way that this manager is, uh, I think Tierney is not long for this world, and I think that if if Newcastle, for example, <laughs> came in with a yeah, with a forty million pound bid or even a thirty-five million pound bid, I don't think we'd be we'd be that hard pushed to say goodbye. Um, yeah, if we if we're having a real chat about that before the defensive group is complete, we definitely need another right-sided defender and another left back, stylistically similar to Zinchenko. One thing I will say, Kibio on could Tomiyasu, be that guy. Who knows? Massively, yeah, it, massively so could be that could guy, be. and then we end up with another kind of left. Either way, we're going to need a left-sider. We need another person in that mould. Um, I think a lot of people are conflating Tomiyasu's injury issues with certain things. Like, we rushed Tomiyasu back from injury uh, a couple of times that have, that's, that's had a knockback. That injury that he sustained during the sporting game is a freak. It's not anything to do with being injury-prone. No, no. Any Literally any one of our players that slid into that position would have it would have resulted in an injury. It's nothing to do with a breakdown in his body. It's just really, really fucking unlucky. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with um, that. So I'm, I, I'm not stressed about him. I wouldn't, I'm seeing people say sell him. Like he was, he was really good for us for a long stretch yeah. of time and one of our best defenders. And he's also one of our most versatile players. So I'll repeat again. If it, if it happens again, if there's another, you know, long-term injury, you can't quite keep himself fit. I think I'm, I'm interested in a conversation because ultimately, yeah, yeah. ultimately, we have to have players that are fit. And whatever, by hook or by crook, the best players stay fit. So we have to be, have those players to, to be able to compete. But I agree that you know we can't. He's not injury prone. It's just see. I think I think in terms of it might be a situation that we have to keep Tierney for another year. But in terms of defensive group, White, Gabriel, Saliba, Kivior, Tommy and Zinchenko plus two, basically replacing that holding with someone as a right side who can cover right back and centre-back and replacing Tierney with someone who can cover um, the left-back slot, possibly as a stylistic alternative, uh, similarities as Zinchenko, but also depends, you know, we might have, we might want to do it. I, I don't think, I don't think Arteta is the kind of person who is going to get sort of two flying fullbacks as different options that are going to see that happening, but, no. but you know, we'll see. Um, the midfield group, to say we're taking th- three slots, Partey, Erdegaard, um, Jorginho, Vieira, Xhaka. I think realistically we need to add two. I think we need to, if we're serious and if we're properly serious, I think we keep Partey, Erdegaard, Vieira and Xhaka as a four and add Rice and Caicedo and the Jorginho and El Nene slots are gone. And we can have Smith Rose yeah. as a kind of final cover there. But we need serious cover because then what that means is you could have Rice in the pivot, you could have Partey in the pivot, you could have Caicedo in the pivot, you could have Partey plus one, you could have Erdogan plus one, Vieira plus one, Xhaka plus one, Rice plus one, Caicedo plus one. Do you know what I mean? You could you could have a lot of different versions. Again, similar to Tierney, I'm not rushing Jorginho out the door. Um, but if we're serious. I am. I am. I think there's no there's no point. He limits us so much in transition and he was a good, fine stopgap option when we needed that because of El Nenny's injury. Um, that doesn't, you know, we, we now have the opportunity to go in the market. Uh, he, Jorginho isn't an eight. 
So if he's not going to play the pivot above Rice and above Partey, he's then third choice and on a hundred and something thousand pounds. And if Casado comes in, he might be fourth. So there's no point. So Jorginho is instantly one. You just you get him back to Italy for as as much money as you can, and you say thank you for six months. Uh, a shame it didn't. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the memories. It's a shame it didn't lead to something a bit more beautiful if we don't win the league this season. But yeah, I, I, as I say, I agree. He's not like top of my departure. He's not top in my departure lounge. But I also think if we can get it done, and we get both Rice and Casado, I think it, it should get done. Um, and then the forward group: Saka, Jesus, Martinelli, Trussard, Nelson, and Enketia. I think we need to. I think we need one, one possibly two, and also Smith Rowe is kind of floating in that in that role as well. I think we need something in the wide areas. It looks like we we're trying to do that with Mudrick, something who can who can help. Um, I don't know whether it would be a left sided or a right sided. My feeling is the right a right sided player. It sounds be a right sided. It sounds like Reese is getting a contract so I don't know I, I've liked reason actually actually a positive from the last few games has been our subs um, I thought Reese has made an impact every time he's come on the problem is, is, is again it's like we're to as I've often said to be a big club you have to act like one Reese Nelson is not at Man City he's not he does. He gets nowhere near that Man City. And if we're trying to compete with them, we can say, "Oh, Nelson's a nice player, and he's you know he's good this, that, and the other." Fine, give him a new contract, send him out on loan with a buy option, and get a buyback clause on him. If he's if he's going to be this yeah. star, then then we have you know we have a, a homegrown player who we can say, "Look, Reese, we love you. We think you're a great guy. We don't have the space for you at the moment. We want to get you back. We want first refusal. We want buyback clause. We want there'll be hundreds of clubs interested in him, even if it's a free transfer." You just say, we want first refusal on that. No problem, right? At, realistically, no one, I don't think anyone can look me in the eye and say, Reese Nelson is a game changer. And and if he, and and we need, if, we, if we're creating space in this 26, 23-man squad where it ends up being, Reese is one of those on, on the list because Trossard can play in any of the positions. I think he's such a useful squad player. I think Nketia has to go to free up some space. Very again, very good player, and it's not to criticise Inketia. It's not to criticise Nelson. I'm saying, watch that game yesterday and tell me in six months' time when we're back at the Etihad on a windy October night, do you want Eddie Inketia starting? No, you don't. You don't. No. So, so we need to get out of that mentality. That's an old mentality. Yeah, I mean, for me, in terms of the forward group. I don't think Enketia going is is as much a priority because I think the space that you find your two forwards in is is there anyway. You you also just have to look at Nelson in the sense of he's not going to start on the left over Gabby and over Trossard, even with all these inflated minutes with the Champions League. Um, and he's not the kind of profile that we want on the right. We like having a left footer on the right with the ability to go to the touchline or to cut inside and all of those things. So he... It, as much as he's like given us some great memories this season, lovely lad, it doesn't actually make sense squad building wise to keep him. Um, especially because like there's every chance that again he falls down the pecking order, doesn't play, and then all of that value from the from the great cameos this season, that Bournemouth one will still be fresh in the memory, will be gone for him. So for me. My forward group of keeping is Saka, Gabby, Trossard, Jesus, and Enketia, with two to come in. Yeah, I, for, if for, possible, if possible. For me, in the same way that perhaps Jorginho is higher in your departure lounge, Enketia is higher in mine because I think his, his stock's not going to be higher than he, than it is now. I think I think we could get a strong thirty yeah. million for him and 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 free up that space and 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 again get a buyback clause and and you know or first refusal yeah. ever ends up being and no problem but I, I just think we have to get out of this mentality of like oh but you know they're a good player they might and don't worry about whether they might might or might not there's a hundred million players out there that might or might not get the guys who can get the guys who have get the guys who either have or have done it enough times that you're convinced they'll continue to do it at aged 21 22 we we can't we can't if we're wanting to compete with Man City, if we don't want to go to the Etihad and get slapped, 
We have to get out of that mentality. And another thing as well is about pathways. I think, again, it's another small club thing. We worry about young players. Well, if young players are good enough, they'll get in. If they're at the level, they'll get in. And, and if not, don't worry about it. And secondly, would you say that Riyad Mahrez, I was really surprised at this. Would you say that Riyad Mahrez has ever been first choice, absolute first choice, other than other than like sort of patches in his Man City career? He's, he probably, probably ha- not, no. He probably has been like, you know, for periods. But, you know, you've had Sterling, you've had Sane, you've had Foden, you've had um, Grealish, you've had, uh, who started on the right the other night. Um, I suppose they didn't really have it right, right here, did they? But, you know, they had, I would never, I don't think anyone could say Riyad Mahrez has been a shoe-in for Man City consistently. First name on the team sheet. Even De Bruyne hasn't been, right? No. I was shocked at how many appearances he has for Man City in five seasons. To eight, have a guess. Maybe, have a guess he's the lowest amount of appearances and his highest amount of appearances since eighteen nineteen. Lowest amount of appearances, lowest. maybe 16. Okay. Highest, maybe 28. Appearances, all, comp, all comps, by the way. Oh, I was just going Premier okay, League. All comps. I don't know about all comps. All comps. Oh, uh, maybe lowest 25, 26 and highest 38. Lowest, 38. lowest 39. Fucking hell. That's a lot of games. Fifth, and highest 50. 1920, he made 50 appearances in all in all comps. By the way, 39 is this season, so he could he could still he could obviously he'll he'll carry on. So he could end up having a record. Who knows? That's mad. You know, so even someone like Riyad Mahrez, who, who and this, there's so much football to play. This is the thing: is you know we worry about pathways and stuff. But I was shocked when I read that because I, I was doing some research for something. And I, was, I was just it really, it's not what I expected. And and there's so much football. There's just so much football. Yeah. In and amongst all of the uh, furore of last night, uh, the other night, sorry, we qualified for the Champions League. We did. We qualified for the Champions League for the first time since 2016-17. Well, no, no, 15-16 was the last time we qualified and then 16-17 was the last time we played, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which is big. Um... We've had a question from uh, at Kepunya who says, what is the toughest group draw if we end up in pot three for Champions League? Um, I'm just going to ask you, how many times is it possible to face Bayern Munich in a Champions League? If we if we, if we we have to face Bayern Munich, I am going to write a letter of complaint to UEFA. I would pay to read that. Dear Alexander like, Seferin, Today I feel depressed. <laughs> you have once again ruined my today I am mental health. A, a, what, is, what did he say? Today I am a migrant worker. Today I am uh, fucking prick. Um, yeah. Uh, Are we in pot three then? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends where we finish up in the league. It's funny because we would have, and this is this is kind of the whole thing. And maybe a good place to 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 start to wind wind the pot up. Like we would have te- every single person listening to this podcast, every single follower we have on Twitter, every single Arsenal fan in the stadium would have absolutely bitten your hand off for a title race to be in the biggest game of the season, to come second by some way. By the way. You know, we're not scraping second. You know, say, uh, how many points are we ahead? Uh, where are Two. we? We're... So they can go four points clear of us. Right, but we're 13 ahead of Newcastle. Yeah. We're 15 ahead of United. Two games in hand, but 15 ahead. So, you know, we all would have absolutely bitten your hand off. But it didn't feel exciting. And this is the thing, you know, I often talk about the Overton window, that you're your expectations change. And it's very hard in the moment to see that. But once you take a step back at this season, it's been extraordinary. It's been extraordinary. And, you know, it's yeah. really frustrating. But what's also, I guess, nice in a way is that we it's so obvious what the fix is. And a lot of people have been saying something along the lines of, like, oh, well, 
it feels like Arsenal have never have, have, have never had a target, smashed it, and then kind of moved on. Well, actually, we did have a target this season. It was top four, but we've hit it so hard. We've we've spanked it so hard that our our target changed mid season. Yeah. So actually, we have had a target, and we have we have accomplished it. So. Yeah, I mean... We also have to look at it from this point of view as well, that us being in a title race and falling just short and qualifying for Champions League football this way makes us more attractive for targets than coming third, 10 points behind. Like, the fact that we've had this disappointment will will make us an easier selling point because you can say to Caicedo, you can say to Rice, you could say to Fresneda, or you could say to whoever you want up front, whether that be like Ivan Tony or someone, okay, Ivan, you're maybe not going to come and start every game, but we've just run Man City so close to this Premier League title and we believe that your abilities and, and rotation is something that can help get us over the line. And of course, players will accept a bit a smaller role in a team that they believe is closer it's to going somewhere, yeah. the moniker of success. Yeah. So it, yeah, it makes it makes it certainly makes negotiations easier. And I think the likes of you know, I imagine the the deal in principle with Saka was contingent on Champions League uh, qualification. I imagine a lot of the conversations with Rice have been, look, we'll come back to you when when we qualified, etc., etc., etc. So you know, it just makes everything a lot easier. Final. Question for you, Brad. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you were a football team. Imagine. Can yes. you imagine it? Are you imagining it? Yeah. How hard are you imagining? So hard. Imagine that football team, for example, were... Oh, they're in a bit of a bad run. They got a caretaker manager in. Uh, an ex-player who um, is a legend at the club actually managed them before. That football team are... <clears throat> 10 points off relegation. That football team have to play Arsenal away, top of the league, away on Tuesday. They have to go away to relegation-threatened Bournemouth. They have to go... Who are flying right who now. Who are flying. That team have to play Nottingham Forest, relegation-threatened. Who are flying. That team then have to go away to both of the Manchester clubs on the 21st of May and the 25th of May, um, who are in, I don't need to remind you, the top four, good teams, and then host Champions League chasing Newcastle United on the final day. If you were that football club, and you obviously, you know, it's a complete hypothetical, this isn't, this isn't happening, how shit scared would you be? Do you think it could happen? If, honestly. If it happens. I actually, I, I actually think it, I, I actually think it might. I'm very tempted to put a bet on. I, I don't see them picking up points. I, and, and the morale is, is destroyed. And every single one of those teams, especially the relegation threat ones, are on the up. They're winning games. I don't... Like, there is a very real reality in which Leicester pick up some points and they just keep losing and losing and losing and losing and losing and end up... I I think that they're the highest they're going to finish this season is maybe 16th, 17th. If they're lucky, because I don't see them. It will be a question of if Leicester or if Everton can pick up 10 points by the end of the season. But it, I I genuinely, I've got a spooky feeling that it could, it could actually really happen. And it's going to be the best moment of my fucking life. What if they do it? What if they go down? Oh, you, that uh, they'll they'll liquidation. Do you think like they're fucked? Do you think they'd sack Lampard? I mean, that's not yeah. a good look, is it? But also, they don't. They're one hundred percent sack Lampard. So. They don't give a fuck. But before the end of the season, well, I think if Lampard mean, loses his next two, yeah, if Lampard loses his next two, at the, and and say the teams down near the bottom win their next two, it becomes awfully close for comfort. Yeah. Who do they get in? Big Sam. <laughs> Who knows? Honestly. <laughs> Crazier things have happened in football. Oh, God. I, honestly, if they went down, that would taste sweeter than a title. It really would. Oh, it would be too good. If that scummy club that broke football <laughs> go down. Bradley, we have just, 
just got time. <laughs> For a little bit of Arsenal trivia. The theme was hard men of Arsenal. And there weren't many to choose from, but I suppose Keown could be classed as a hard man. So I asked you, how many appearances did Martin Keown have for Arsenal? Was it 310, 410, or 510? 410. George, we miss you, mate. It was 310. Ah. See, you always go for the middle one on those, don't you? When there's three options, you go for the middle one, but... Yeah, I do. You know it. And the theme this week, I'm going to be asking you for a theme in a second, please, Bradley. Uh, The theme this week is Bad Boys of Arsenal. So I went, (laughs) Bad Boys. You missed a good episode last time, mate. (laughs) It was Bad Boys. It's the Bad Boys of Arsenal. Uh, And Caught Smoking in the Showers was our good friend Wojciech Chesney. And I would like you to answer this question. How tall in feet and inches is Wojciech Chesney? How tall in feet and inches, according to Wikipedia, is Wojciech Chesney? And a theme, please, Scrambly Brapples. Hopefully for the last time ever, base it on Sir Robert Holding. Can the question be, how many hair follicles did he have to have implanted in his head to make him not look like a bald is it, fraud? Is it more or less than the mistakes he's made for Arsenal? <laughs> look, it's not over. It's not over. There's a lot of football to be played before the end of the season. Um, and you never know. Weirder things have happened. Weirder things, Weirder have, things happened. have happened. Imagine we win the league from here and Chelsea go down. That would, I think, I, I genuinely think, honestly, should we just end? I'd stop, I'd stop watching Yeah, let's just end the podcast. I'd stop watching Let's football. end the podcast. There's nothing like, better could happen. Chelsea go down and we win the league no. in this position. Nothing better could happen. Nothing. No, genuinely. I would, I would never, I, that would be it. My, I love Arsenal, would never watch them again. That's it. My life would have peaked. What's the point? I'd, genuinely, I'd, I'd end different knock. I'd be like, well, look, what's the point? That's the best thing that could ever happen. What are we aiming for? Let's go be an accountant or something. Uh, it's only right that we do this to end the show Bradley I think you know what's coming thanks for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast we'll see you later peace Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the Different Knock, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. We're on all social media at Diff Knock. Thanks. Podcast Network.